We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. Monday Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, sponsored by FanDuel, who'd like to remind you to be sports rich. I'm Jake Letarski, joined today by Chris Benzine. If you're out there on Twitter, please give Chris a follow at Crispy272002. You can follow me at Jakeski52. Uh, quick reminder before we get started, if you happen to be listening on iTunes or Stitcher or whatever platform you happen to have found us on, please take a sec to give us a five-star rating and review. Any and all feedback is always appreciated. Chris and I today are going to talk about the Monday-Thursday slate on FanDuel, uh, and then of course we're going to get into quarterbacks here on the Week 8 slate, which is definitely uh, shortened a little bit. There's another London game in Week 8, and there's a lot of teams on by, but first and foremost, by popular demand, we've got the Benzene Badger Minute. Chris, give me what happened with the Badgers this week, and uh, we'll just talk about injuries in general, and uh, what does that do for their chances against Nebraska? Yeah, I mean, Badgers took another big hit this week, lost out on production from one of their best middle linebackers, Jack Sitchie. It's unfortunate. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of the, the football fans out there probably don't really know a ton about the Badgers. But, yeah, uh, if, you're, if, you, if you watch Big Ten football, Sitchie was going to be – I mean, the Badgers have about three linebackers that are going to be playing on Sundays here pretty soon. Yep. So yeah, something to watch out for him. And then uh, we'll toss in the – the Jets lose uh, Geno Smith is the the breaking news of the day here. Oh, Geno yeah. Smith uh, torn ACL. He's he's uh, mm-hmm. probably well. I would assume if it's a torn ACL, he's done for the year. So, and it's uh, that means it's back to Fitzpatrick again. I would assume at quarterback for the Jets. 
Um, and it's just it's unfortunate that football is kind of a you know a war of attrition. It's whichever team can last the longest sometimes, and mm-hmm. it's kind of crazy how season how how injuries can impact season long and daily fantasy. You look at a guy like uh, Tim Hightower winning some season long leagues last year, and mm-hmm. you go this week. Um, just looking at this week's or last week's daily, um, you have Jaquiz Rogers who got cut by the Bears at the start of the season, yeah. starting and getting thirty like thirty plus yeah, carries. Doug Martin for, and his hamstring don't yeah. look like they're going to be around anytime so, soon. I mean, you got Charles just, Sims, you know, on the IR. Man, injuries are crazy. Whether it's the college or the professional level here, so I guess yeah, more, more than the benzene badger minute, we've got injuries around the league, and we're going to try to get to some of those. As we talk about the FanDuel slate here for Week 8, but before Week 8 begins, we got to wrap up the Week 7 slate, and that involves the Monday-Thursday set of games. Tonight, Monday Night Football, we've got Houston at Denver. Denver minus 8 favors favorites, excuse me, over under 40.5 on that game. Then the Thursday game, just a stellar matchup between the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Tennessee Titans. Titans are three and a half point home favorites over under on that game, 45.5. I'm sure we'll all be lining up uh, for at our televisions for that one, but you're going to play the Monday, Thursday slate on FanDuel, Chris. Got four quarterbacks to choose from. Mariota priced at seventy nine hundred. Blake Bortles priced at seventy four hundred. Uh, of course, not quite enough time to react to a dreadful Week Seven performance by Bortles. Then Trevor Simeon seven thousand tonight. Brock Osweiler sixty seven hundred tonight. Do you have a favorite out of that set of four? My favorite, probably. You have to think a little bit more in the Thursday slate. I, I believe mm-hmm. definitely a higher over under for a reason. You probably have the better defenses going in Houston, Denver, and oh, yeah. you look at the the quarterbacks too. I mean, they're pretty, I would say, relatively even across the board. There isn't mm-hmm. a huge gap between the top and the bottom quarterbacks available on the slate, mm-hmm. but the price tags are ranging based on the defenses they're facing, I, I yes. believe, is really what's what's making the difference here, and that's why you have Osweiler 6,700 against the Broncos. I don't think you want to yeah. go that route I, I don't i mean unless you really want to try to be contrarian yeah there's uh, no gpp type play there's not i don't really see a case for him especially if you're doing if you're doing a cash game no no way you're taking osweiler mm-hmm. on that slate but um yeah best quarterback I, I i have to go with one of the two in the monday or the thursday game that we have coming up and i think i might go with mariota just given the recent mm-hmm. track record of bortles he hasn't been great recently especially in cash games I would probably stick to Mariota just because not only does he give you some production on the ground, he's also been playing decently well as of late. So mm-hmm. I, I could see um, him having the best game, and that's the reason probably why he's priced as the highest quarterback on the slate. Yeah, for me it comes down to I'm going to throw heads, throw out Simeon and Osweiler or any kind of cash game strategy. Even in tournaments, I'm going to take my points. For me it comes down to Mariota or Bortles. I got burned by Burt Bortles so bad in Week 7. Just see, he looked like he had such a great matchup against Oakland. And normally, Blake Bortles, it's the game flow. He gets behind, the Jags get really behind, and then he uses his really talented weapons to fight back into it, but fall just short, of course, making the Jags perpetually bad. This time, that was the exact same game flow, but Bortles couldn't get it done. And what irked me the most was Allen Robinson, two catches for nine yards. I'm just not, I don't want to get plagued by the recency bias, but I'm just not ready to trust Bortles. And I'm going to Mariota uh, as my quarterback. He's the most expensive quarterback, but he's less than 8,000 still. So it's still reasonable here. 
Moving on, though, Chris, what about the running backs? DeMarco Murray tops the list at 8,700. Lamar Miller then at 7,700. And we've got C.J. Anderson, 7,200. We haven't quite adjusted to the carry distribution in Jacksonville because T.J. Yeldon at 6,300 is pricier than Chris Ivory at 5,500. And then also in the mix, we have Devontae Booker at 5,600. Derrick Henry at 5,200. Anyone jump out at you there? I could see, I mean, I feel like DeMarco Murray at the top of the board's probably... Mm-hmm. He's your lock, right? Probably, he's got to yeah. be the lock. He's probably got to be the one to lock in for mm-hmm. for the, the slate. But, I mean, Lamar Miller gets heavy, heavy usage, and the Denver rush defense isn't as good as their pass defense this year. So there's yeah. still a case to be made for, for him at 7,700. I could see if you can afford him, too. Um, I mean, it's tough to go with one of those Jags backs. I don't think either mm-hmm. of them have been overly productive yeah. I mean I, I think if you go to a Jags back you go to Ivory at 5500 because he's been getting more carries he's been a little yes. bit more productive as he's been eased back in so if you do want to go with the Jags back now watch out this Titans defense has been uh subtly subtly strong against the run so maybe it's not the greatest play I'm gonna be honest in my initial lineups I go Mariota Murray and Miller just to you know high price chalk to start things off because I don't like the other matchups enough. C.J. Anderson, I still worry a little bit about him maybe losing carries to Booker, but also not worried enough that I'm going to actually use Booker. I think if you go to a cheaper running back, it's got to be Ivory. But for me, it's going to be chalk in 90% of my lineups with a Murray Miller stack because, hey, Denver defense has been gashed a little bit by running backs. We've seen backs like Melvin Gordon have good games, at least scoring-wise, against them. So I am, uh, I'm banking on actually in a full PPR just because of the touches. I'm looking at about 15 to 20 points for Miller tonight is what I'm going to call here. Uh, but what about wide receivers, Chris? Uh, the two at the top of the board, Allen Robinson, 8,400. DeAndre Hopkins, 7,900. Of course, Allen Robinson's price hasn't had time to react to a dismal Week 7 performance here. Then you got DeAndre Hopkins, who, man, it's going to be tough going against that Denver defense. Are you fading both of those guys at the top? I could I could still see using – I mean, I know Robinson – up there is is a tough price. If you can afford him, though, I, I still like Bortles in that matchup. I could see using him at that 8,400, even though he did have a bad week. He's still a good receiver. He's had a couple bad weeks in a row, but he's had double-digit point totals three of the six weeks, and he's had 21-point high. 21 is a – I see him more maybe in, like, a tournament play probably than you're going to want to do using him in a cash, obviously. You don't want to – I wouldn't know – I don't think I'd want to pay up 8,400 for a guy that – has put up single-digit point totals in the last two weeks, but definitely could see using him in a tournament. Um, Hopkins is definitely a tough one to go with because you'd probably see a lot of Aqib Tlaib, I would think. I would imagine, and That's yeah. That's going to be a tough one for him and Osweiler to connect consistently in that game. I just don't know if I could trust him at 7900 Still, obviously, getting a price reduction at 7900 at that, but um, you could probably mm-hmm. afford to go uh, – um, It'd probably be better you can pay up at other positions, probably mm-hmm. afford at this like position. I, like I said, drop uh, down like a personally bit. going to the Murray Miller combo at running back yes. here, get those two high, high, highest priced guys. Because for me, then I need to go, I, like I said, I'm completely fading Robinson. And Robinson, I think it's me succumbing to recency bias a bit because he leaves a terrible taste in my mouth. I thought he was one of the biggest locks of week seven. 
didn't happen. So fading him, fading Hopkins more or less for matchup reasons. So that basically leaves me, where am I going to squeeze out the most points out of receivers? So I'm going to uh, both Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, which is funny because I'm not using Simeon. And normally you want to stack one up with Mariota. And I'm leaning towards either Richard Matthews or Kendall Wright. One of those guys to be my cheap third receiver. And then probably paying up for uh, Tom, Tom, Thomas or Sanders. Will Fuller does seem to have some appeal to me at 6,800. But even if Aqib Tlaib takes DeAndre Hopkins, Will Fuller's still looking at a Chris Harris or Bradley Roby matchup. And that's, trust me, guys, that's not a good one. Will Fuller also kind of been not at 100% these last couple weeks. Uh, anyone yeah. else on that receiving core those stand out to you, though? Yeah, I, well, I was just going to mention that I have looked at, like, secondary receivers in the past, tried to the, the sneaky play, like, oh, Talib's going to be on this guy, this guy will be open. It hasn't worked out multiple times. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely uh, a Denver – going against Denver defense is never an easy, never really works out in general yeah. for receivers especially. Um, yeah, I could definitely – Richard Matthews is – Tajay Sharp was the big receiver coming into the season for mm-hmm. the – he had an explosive preseason. Titans – receivers haven't been doing too much but recently Richard Matthews and and Kendall Wright had a bust out game so those are guys that you could consider um but like if you're looking at the the more consistent guys looking for some people you, I think you do have to go with probably those Denver receivers while you don't have you don't have um a quarterback that's necessarily you know elite or anything along those lines they do have an okay matchup and they're good receivers, and you, it's just not – there's not really much to go with. Again, mm-hmm. when last week there was a fair amount of targets to actually tar- – receivers to actually go after, but this week there's, a, again, a limited slate, which can tend to happen when you only have two-game slates. Yeah. What other receiver I want to throw out here that we didn't mention is uh, Marquise Lee of the Jaguars. Now, I mentioned staying away from Bortles and probably staying away from Robinson, but in that uh, – in the loss to Oakland – uh, Marquise Lee had over 100 receiving yards and seven catches, I believe. So, uh, I mean, he's someone that, uh, I mean, Alan Hearns, 6,000, yeah, maybe reasonable. But Marquise Lee, he his price hasn't yet reacted to the Week 7 performance. We see that a lot with the Monday-Thursday slates. So Marquise Lee is still a dirt-cheap 4,500. So if you do want to use Robinson or if you do want to use Hopkins and keep the top quarterback and the top two running backs and the top tight end that we'll get to in a second, I think Lee is not a bad way to go about that here but moving to the tight end uh for me it comes down to the safety provided by either delaney walker at 6500 or julius thomas at 5500 i mean cj fedorowitz maybe gets some consideration at 5100 not really a denver tight end worth looking into too much there i mean john phillips sits at 4600 i'm not really going to quite go there um but is delaney walker the the chalk at tight end i mean delaney walker is definitely the the chalk play at tight end. He's the the most talented one on the board. He had a huge week last week. Mm-hmm. Eight targets, seven receptions for eighty four yards and a touchdown that game against Indianapolis. But um I Especially mean, if you're going with Mariota as your quarterback. I feel like yeah. you gotta get at least one pass catching option in and Walker is your lock because Walker he is has to Mariota's be, yeah. favorite target. If, Outside of DeMarco Murray stacking, and, and whatnot. You're stacking, there's not really a receiver that's reliable mm-hmm. enough that necessarily that you can stack with him but Delaney's a guy that's I mean he's the top player's position that's that's the only Tennessee player that would be anywhere near the top 
mm-hmm. at their offensive position outside of Mariota, obviously. Yeah. So you can go um, Mariota and Murray and Walker without actually using any of those Tennessee receivers if you don't want to play that yeah, game. Yeah, that is that's an option as well. And and you do look at Fedorowicz; he does have a little production. The question is, will he be able to do anything against that Denver defense? But you do look at the last three weeks; he's had twelve point eight, eight point one, and seventeen point five points. So he mm-hmm. he does have a little production, and even against um, a Minnesota defense, he had eight. He had four catches for 61 yards. Uh, but last week he, ex- he had a big week against Indianapolis' defense. So it's, it's definitely going to be another tough matchup. Mm-hmm. But um, it's definitely one where that, that could be a little bit of a sleeper play there as well, I, I feel like, in, in a tournament play. If you're looking for a guy mm-hmm. with, with that could, you know, could have a little bust-out game because of the fact that their receivers are going to have tough matchups against corners. Exactly. I mean, and the Broncos, though, uh, they're only given, they've only given up one touchdown to opposing tight ends and, and in non-PPR scoring just over six points a game. So it, very average. But we do see Osweiler liking to go to Fedorowicz more and more. So I, I can see that being a potential play. I'm still going with, uh, with Walker, though. Uh, as far as kickers, you pick a name out of the hat, Brandon McManus. 4,700, he's the top. Uh, but defense, though, that's a little intriguing. Uh, anyone other than Denver at 5,000 you look at? I mean, you could try to go with one of the Thursday slates, but, I mean, it's it's definitely that that Monday. The Monday game is the lower-scoring game. Yep, so that's where you got to get your defense. So you got to probably go there, and it's which one you like out of Houston and Denver. And I, I'm going to take the, the home team. has to be Denver. You have to take the eight-point favorite, yeah. So just uh, just for, for uh, kicks and gigs here, uh, I put a lineup together. I got Mariota, Murray, Miller, Thomas Sanders, Rashard Matthews, Delaney Walker, Nick Novak, and the Broncos D. I would have gone McManus, but I needed one thousand more dollars to get Miller in as my RB two, and uh, and that was easy. Or I'm not not a thousand more dollars. I'm sorry, a hundred more dollars, and it was easy to cut down to Novak there. So that's just what I what I put together, kind of uh, fooling around here. But uh, uh, should be an interesting Monday Thursday slate. Uh, I think this Monday night game is going to be almost close to the Sunday night game we saw yesterday. Very defensive centric. I know it's contradictory because I got receivers in my lineup, but I just think the receivers in Thomas and Sanders have possibly the best. You know, I don't know. Just the, they have the highest floor out of yeah, anyone on there. You look at the. You're not expecting a ton of production from receivers in general. This mm-hmm. in terms of this two game slate. I mean, if you're getting a touchdown, that's that's probably going to be yeah. huge. You got you want to have one of the receivers that scores maybe a touchdown in this game because there might not be a ton of them scored through the air yeah. in this game. Yeah, the biggest takeaway is is just pay up for the running backs in this, and I think we can agree on that. Let's shift our focus to week eight. So the Monday night game is going to be all different matchups. Uh, throw out what you just listened if you were just listening to this show for the week eight quarterbacks here. But we're looking at the top tier, 8,500 and up. And it is a pretty light tier because if you take out the Thursday, the Monday game, and the London game, it's just a 10-game slate, which means 20 quarterbacks to choose from. Quick reminder, week eight buys. Joe Flacco and the Ravens, Case Keenum and the Rams, Ryan Tannehill and the Dolphins, Eli Manning and the Giants, Landry Jones and the Steelers and Colin Kaepernick and the 49ers all on buys in week eight. So uh, this is definitely a, a quick plug for our regular fantasy football podcast where we help you on the waiver wire and make other tough decisions because bye weeks are heating up here. So again, on the short slate, we've got Aaron Rodgers leading things off. He's 8,800 at Atlanta. That game is a 52 and a half over under the biggest on the slate by quite a bit. 
8700 uh, is Tom Brady's price. He goes to Buffalo. Uh, and, of course, the uh, Patriots need to bounce back from their loss in Foxborough to the Bills earlier this year. The over-under on that game, 47.5. And, and then you have the counterpart of Aaron Rodgers. That's Matt Ryan, uh, potential MVP candidate Matty Ice. He's 8500 home against the Packers here. Anyone jump out at you from that top tier? I mean, if you're a believer in Rodgers, this is probably one of the weeks I think you could go with either him or Matt Ryan as the top two. They're going against each other. Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be that should be a high scoring game against two defenses that aren't Packers defense depleted with injuries, especially that secondary. Yeah, the right secondary now, is rough. Uh Demarius Randall, I believe, had surgery on yeah. a groin injury. He's out multiple weeks. Sam Shields is placed on IR out for the year. So they're top mm-hmm. Two cornerbacks are out. Quentin Rollins is still, I believe, a question mark yeah. for that game. So He's banged up with a groin injury, so, I mean, it'd be nice to see him get back into action, but we might see a Josh Hawkins, Ladarius Gunter type combo, maybe some Dimitri Goodson yep. mixed in there. It's and just who not can pretty. Cover Julio Jones out of, even mm-hmm. if. Quentin Rollins is back. There's nobody in that secondary that could cover a Julio Jones I mean, for Matt Ryan. I remember a Monday night game when Julio had it was over 200 against the Packers, and that was when they were healthy. So, yeah. uh, And this is, instead of being in Green Bay, this is in Atlanta. I think Julio is one of the best plays of the week. Uh, There's it, a reason he's way up on the, the – mm-hmm. he's 9,200 on the Thursday through Monday slate. So that's, there's a reason he's the top running wide receiver on the board next yeah. week. He's the top – price player on the board at 9200 yeah. and i think uh it's well warranted you have to get, get him in the lineup if possible but is that enough to make you pay up for matt ryan too because if you get a ryan if you, if you buy ryan you have it. to get to- jones too and then you're paying so much money for your quarterback and your top wideout that you're left with some secondary options here but is that a sacrifice worth making given the high over under and the health of the packers secondary i mean i i could see that being the case i could also see going with rogers and a I don't know how Ty Montgomery, I assume his value has risen mm-hmm. exponentially given his performances the last couple of weeks and the fact that the Packers still have no running backs. He's up to only still only 6,400. So I could see going with the Rodgers-Montgomery stack in this game as well mm-hmm. um, just because... Well, if you do a Rodgers, you can actually get two you receivers. You could do two receivers because so he's do, basically a running back. You could back. do Montgomery, who's just, yeah, who's still wide receiver eligible, and then you could get... I know Nelson had a poor game, but Randall Cobb or even Devontae Adams, yeah. if you want to work either of those two in, and that'll be a much more affordable stack than Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. But And I, still a decent matchup, I believe. And mm-hmm. it, it, the Falcons' defense hasn't been great against the pass again this year, as, as expected. They've given up a lot of points and have had to score a lot to keep up with teams. Mm-hmm. All right, so what about the second tier, Chris? Uh, we've got some interesting things going on. This is the $8,000 to $8,400 group of quarterbacks. Cam Newton's 8300 gets a tough matchup against the Cardinals. Russell Wilson's 8200 at New Orleans. Uh, the over-under on that Saints-Seahawks game is 47.5. That's probably the lowest you'll see the Saints almost all year. Then you've got Drew Brees in that game. Again, over-under 47.5. He's 8000 here. Is Russell Wilson the man in this tier? I know he's been banged up here but he gets a new orleans saints defense that uh has been pretty susceptible to opposing quarterbacks i, I would have to uh, feel like that has to be the of the three you're looking at there you look at that uh the sunday night game last night this was between seattle and arizona there was a combined six or 12 points six points each because those defenses are in top shape right now and so you're going cam newton against arizona and drew Brees against seattle I believe can limit them. As you can see, uh, last week New Orleans' offense was limited by Kansas City to, I believe, 17 points in that game. Um, so th- they're not a lock to rack up points every week necessarily. Mm-hmm. 
The Saints um, had a few touchdowns. They had yeah, Breeze, I know Breeze they threw had 21 points. Yeah, Breeze threw for three. So. so, yeah, he did still throw for three. You can get some against Kansas City, but I would say Seattle's even a step up from Kansas City's defense. So you look at those two, and it, Breeze may still be able to get some, but at that price mm-hmm. tag, I've, I, I would probably stick in the more of the Russell Wilson uh, going on the opposite side of that game because of how bad the New Orleans Saints defense has been this season. Yeah, I agree. I fade Cam Newton given how the Cardinals defense played last year. And even if Russell Wilson isn't mobile, and I know a lot of his fantasy value comes from mobility, I still think he should be able to stand and, and be mobile enough within the pocket to be able to find his guys downfield, whether it's Baldwin, whether it's Jimmy Graham, whether we have a Tyler Lockett sighting, whether it's a uh, former Badger great Tanner McAvoy. There's just uh, enough weapons there for Russell Wilson to possibly tear up a, uh, a Saints defense that can be gashed. Well, fantasy football fans, we want you to have all the victory every Sunday with FanDuel. FanDuel offers new fantasy football for everyday fans. New contests start every week to ensure there are no busted seasons. Just pick a contest. Choose your team and watch your score in real time. New this year is an upgraded user experience to get even more contest variety. Try beginner contests for new players only. Settle a score with a friend in a head-to-head contest. Try a 50-50 contest where the top half wins cash. Play in a larger tournament for even more excitement. You can even play for just $1. Chris on FanDuel, you offered up your locks last week. Uh, It was Jacquez Rogers being the chalk play and AJ Green stepping up. Uh, were you able to parlay that into uh, life-changing amounts of cash? Not into life-changing amounts of cash, unfortunately. But, I mean, the the two locks did work out. Mm-hmm. Um, the only issue was I, I thought I was, I was believing a little too much in Matt Jones, and he yep. was close to scoring a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... He never got in the end zone, fumbled once, and it just mm-hmm. it was yeah. that was a bit of a disaster. That was my next question. I was gonna ask, who's your biggest crip tonight? Yours is Matt Jones, mine was Allen Robinson. Tough breaks. Can't win them all, but that's why I like to play many different contests, tournaments, GPPs, uh, cash games. I like my 50-50s, too, to help with the bankroll. you got to have a lot of different lineups on FanDuel every week to maximize your experience here. Once again, have all the fantasy that football has to offer. FanDuel, be sports rich. All right, Chris, let's move on to the third tier of quarterbacks here. Uh, we're looking at 7,600 to 7,900 range where we see some pretty big names in here, but they might be bogged down a little bit by matchups. I'm looking at Andrew Luck, 7,900 against the Chiefs. Derek Carr, 7,800 in Tampa Bay. Matt Stafford, 7,700 at Houston. Andy Dalton, 7,700 home against Washington. Tyrod Taylor hosting the Patriots. He's 7,600. Anyone jump out in this tier at you? I could see um, Andy Dalton having a nice get day on this uh, slate, especially if I'm not sure what the case with Josh Norman left Sunday's game with an injury, I believe. So the question is whether or not Norman is available next week because yeah. that could play pay mm-hmm. big dividends for A.J. AJ Green, Green again. Yeah, we saw A.J. Green excel in the absence of Joe Hayden. We yeah. could see him excel even more in the absence of Josh yes, Norman. Yes, because, I mean, you look down, it's next on the list is Brashad Breland, I believe, and he's been... Uh, torched in the past he'd been noted for the fact that that um, especially against Antonio Brown when he faced him um, he was they were criticized for not moving Josh Norman around he kind of sat on one side of the field and Antonio Brown had a field day against Breitland and I could see a similar case next week Norman apparently had a concussion in Sunday's game so or is being tested for it so the question is whether or not he'll be available for next Sunday's game and if he's not I could definitely see AJ Green and um, Andy Dalton paying some dividends. Yeah, 
I mean, absolutely. I think uh, Andy Dalton can carry some of that momentum from the Browns game in. I also like Derek Carr in this game. I, I know he's uh, sometimes hit or miss, but he goes to Tampa Bay. Should be nice weather. The over-under on that game is 49. Uh, I mean, he was he was good against the Jags, and we have a, uh, a Tampa Bay pass defense that isn't quite up to par with the Jags. Tampa Bay run defense, excellent. Pass defense, not so much. So I think Carr could be worth your consideration at least. Let's jump to the fourth tier of the seventy-one to seventy-five hundred dollar range. We open up with Marcus Mariota seventy-five hundred. This is the Thursday night game against Jacksonville. Uh, over under forty-five and a half. Uh, probably not going to be playing this game. But uh, if it's included, I just wanted to list him as well. Jameis Winston, the counterpart of Derek Carr that I men- mentioned, he gets the Raiders at home with an over under 49. He's only 7,400. Ryan Fitzpatrick back in action after the Geno Smith torn ACL. He's at the Browns over under, not quite available yet. I'm sure that'll be released as soon as the uh, as soon as the quarterback situation is confirmed and, and reverberates across the injury. Or the internet, excuse me, but Ryan Fitzpatrick looking like he'll be the man. Philip Rivers gets a tough matchup on the road at Mile High in Denver. He's 7,300. Kirk Cousins, 7,200 at Cincinnati. Dak Prescott following a bye week. He's 7,100. Home against the Eagles. Blake Bortles, 7,100 at Tennessee again. That's the Thursday game here. Like any options there at all? I do. I, I feel like he, there's one that sticks out, and maybe obviously as well. Um, Jameis Winston at 7,400 against Oakland. There's a reason that uh that slate or that game is the highest over under second highest to the falcons uh, over, and the packers i meant in this um tier oh in this in, tier. The, in this yeah. tier oh yeah there's okay. a reason that's the highest over under in the tier of the quarterbacks here it's it's because oakland's defense is bad and tampa's is okay but nothing special so there you i could see this game racking up some points especially on uh the james winston's side you, you look at last week he he had a field day last week he went off even without you know a Vincent Jackson he's not a huge loss he hasn't been that impactful this season but I mean, Mike but Evans is Mike the Evans highest targeted player in in all of football and he'll continue to target yeah. and whether the secondary option is Humphreys or Brait or, or whatever Winston will find a way yeah he's thrown the ball I mean 30 plus times every game this year so far and he had he's reached 20 over 20 points three times as well and over, I mean, you got 15 and 13 there. He's only not reached double digits just once, and you're only paying 7400 for him. I definitely see that being a, a great option this week because the, the Oakland offense can score enough to keep up with them, so it's not going to be one where they're just like they get ahead and mm-hmm. uh, and just heavy dose of Jaquiz Rogers. Yeah. Not, and and it's, it's not like he's Blake Bortles and he's just going to roll over yeah. in the second half like we saw on Sunday. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm still really bitter about that. Apologies yes. to uh, all, all the Jags fans out there. Um, not really, though. Uh, yeah. I just want to look at this slate. A lot of people will see Ryan Fitzpatrick, and they'll be like, oh, entering week seven, the Browns have allowed the second most points to fantasy quarterbacks. I can't in good conscience recommend Fitzpatrick. One guy that does intrigue me a lot, though, is Dak Prescott. He's 7,100, uh, gets to host the Eagles. This is a big division game. We already know, according to NFL Network, Ian Rappaport, that Dak will start this game. And this is going to be one of Dak's last chances to cement this role and prove that he should be the guy. And it's a big divisional game. And who knows, maybe we'll see Dez healthy. It's after the bye. I guess you don't really know for sure. But whether or not Dez is healthy, they still got Zeke healthy and uh, you know a decent 
receiving options, your Beasleys, your Williams, your Butlers, enough to get by. At least Prescott's gotten by so far. So he does draw a little bit of intrigue for me just because he needs to have a big game. This is more of the gut feeling, the intangible factor than the actual stats because the Eagles defense has been pretty solid. But I'm just thinking the home team, Dak's able to get maybe 40, 50 rushing yards, 202 touchdowns to stay in this game, a little back and forth. Uh, that that that's just a gut feeling for me and the intangible factor here. Chris, Last week we didn't do so hot on GPP plays, but that's just because we're trying to pick GPP plays for the following weekend on a Monday. Uh, so you know we got Geno Smith, who uh, pretty much who took the job over for Fitzpatrick, then only played a half a game after he got hurt. Brian Hoyer got injured in the Thursday night game. Kaepernick was back to his Ka- Kaepernick ways. I mean, these are just guys we threw out there last week. Kirk Cousins was semi serviceable against the Lions, but it was really salvaged late. What about this week, Chris? How are we going to bounce back and uh, have some success with our GPP quarterbacks? The quarterback that I'm looking at, below, we're looking below all these 7,000s. If I'm going down that far looking for that cheap quarterback punt play, I'm, I'm looking at Alex Smith based on pretty much matchup alone for the most part. I mean, he, this is a guy, that, a quarterback that doesn't generally turn the ball over. He doesn't always throw a lot, but he has actually thrown the ball 48 and 50 times in a couple games this year it was both times they were behind by a lot so it was San Diego they got behind really early and had to catch up and Pittsburgh was the same they were they were just behind the whole game so you'd have to have that happen but Indianapolis does score a lot so I mean they're they're a team that can score and I could see them scoring a fair amount of points Mm -hmm. and with with that being the case they could end up getting ahead, and if that's the case, Alex Smith will throw the ball. And Alex Smith does—he does have multiple games this year. He's had 29 points against San Diego. He had 18 against Pittsburgh, and then <clears throat> last week against New Orleans, he had another 17 points. So he's a guy that he can score into the high teens. And against a, a bad defense like Indianapolis, he has the potential to go mm-hmm. into the 20s if if things work out the correct way and the you look at Indianapolis's defense they've allowed 22 plus points in every game this season mm-hmm. and it I just when you look at that you have Char, Jamal Charles still suffering from injury but you still have Spencer Ware there and he I like what Spencer can, Ware can do in the passing game he can help out in the and passing that's going to help Alex Smith quite and, a bit and you still have Macklin and Kelsey so you have mm-hmm. some targets for yeah. him and there's a lot of injuries in that Colts secondary so there's still um, not not a ton of injuries, but the Colts secondary is still bad, regardless of injuries. Um, I mean, outside of Vontae Davis, Macklin's going to get a face full of Vontae Davis, so I'm not too aggressive to use Macklin in my stacks with Alex Smith, but I might be ready to get a bounce-back game on a Travis Kelsey because he's been pretty rough the last couple weeks. Between Kelsey, Spencer Ware, whatever secondary receiving options they can put together, I think Smith's yeah. a pretty solid play. Yeah, I, it's not a guy that's going to generally – bust out and give you like 30 points or something like that but if you're looking for a guy that i could see getting high teens at you're getting him at a cheap price you're just looking for somebody to you you want to go big at other positions looking down the list this is a guy that's generally a safer a, a safe play that can make i could see with a good matchup getting high teens maybe low 20s something around that point which gives you a plenty of value at that at that price Mm -hmm. yes i like it alex smith was one of the guys i was deciding on between my gpp play but i'm going to knock it down two hundred dollars more throw the book at the judge if that's even an expression anymore or if i got that right but anyway i'm going brock osweiler 6600 now 
that could look really stupid because we still got that Monday night football game tonight, and he's probably going to look silly against the Broncos. That's just going to happen because the Broncos defense does that to all opposing quarterbacks. But again, I'm not looking at Brock Osweiler for tonight. I'm looking at Brock Osweiler for six days from that date when they play the Detroit Lions and they host the Detroit Lions. So with Osweiler only being 6,600, going against the team that is allowing the most fantasy points to opposing quarterbacks, his price is dirt cheap. Uh, I mean, this Lions defense gave up a decent game to Cousins last week, gave up a big game to Kirk, or I'm sorry, Case Keenum the week before. Uh, this this Lions defense, especially going on the road, now this game is still in a dome, so there's no weather factors or anything. I think it's the perfect game for Brock Osweiler, DeAndre Hopkins, to bounce back from what's going to be a rough performance on Monday night. And the price is going to be low, and especially if they get hammered on Monday night, we'll see some ownership start to stray away. But remember, that's just the Broncos, so... I like Osweiler in my GPPs for the Sunday slate because, I mean, hey, you're saving over 3000 from Rodgers, and that's the difference between a turd running back and a stud running back. What do you, am, I, am I crazy for going back to Osweiler, Chris? I mean, going against that Detroit defense, there's nothing crazy. Detroit's, I mean, weekly basis, they're, they're nothing special. And mm-hmm. it, in a dome, you, it's always a nice thing to have. Yep. At home in a dome is always nice. It's always good for a quarterback it's generally better for a quarterback to be playing at home Absolutely. in those games. I'm most score better at home. And, and uh, when you're in a dome, it, the, like you said, we're starting to get closer to the season or the mm-hmm. part of the season where weather begins to become a, a factor. Cold, it gets colder. Rainy, rainy. Yes. We saw some rough field conditions in the Sunday night game. I think that's part of the reason why, uh, why, why the field goal kicking was so rough and, and yeah, so domes are starting are starting to get a little bit more favorable uh, given the weather conditions. So I'm yeah. right there with you, Chris. Yep, uh, I would agree. All right, so uh, so yeah, we uh, it's funny on Sundays, Chris. We have a Lions fan uh, that is always joining us in the office, but all of us have quarterbacks and fantasy players going against the Lions. So the, the Lions always get a spot on the TV in the RotoWire office, uh, but for mixed reasons across the folks that are around here. All right, before we sign off, we have a special offer for new FanDuel users. Get a free six-month Rotowire subscription with a $10 deposit on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. Not only will you get the free subscription, but you'll have that $10 available to play with on FanDuel. That's over $40 in value for just 10 bucks. Again, go to FanDuel.com slash Rotowire. If you're already a FanDuel user, and hopefully you are by now if you're listening to us, but if not, you're already a FanDuel user and you still want to check out the site, Please be sure to go to rotowire.com slash pod. That's rotowire.com slash P-O-D for a free 10-day trial. Once again, thanks to Chris Benzine for joining me today. You can follow him on Twitter at crispy 27 You can follow me, Jake Letarski, at jakeski52. The Rotowire Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast will return Tuesday with John McEachney and I.